This is Bulls Beat on the Unlimited Unloaded page. Thanks for dropping by the Unlimited Unloaded page for this special extended version of part of Monday's show where we had highlights from the men's soccer win, but we could have, as we said on the stream, given you a lot more, and here we're giving you a lot more long with head coach Bob Butehorn and both goal scorers from a memorable victory. The Bulls entered coming off a, well, unfortunately memorable tie for a wrong reason as they were in control against UAB up 2-1, to one, took what head coach Bob Butehorn explained was a very immature red card by JT Copper off the ball and therefore instead of being able to put away the Blazers kind of had to be a man short for the last 20 minutes and eventually gave up a tying goal with just five seconds left off a mad scramble. Well, there's some foreshadowing. There'd be a 2-1 game on Sunday night with a mad scramble as Tulsa tried to tie it at the end. But the difference in this game was the level of the opponent. Tulsa was the conference champion last year, went 16-1-2 until losing in the third round of the NCAA tournament. In other words, they only lost one time during the entire regular season. And they entered Corbett Soccer Stadium with a 6-1-2 record, and the Bulls handed them their second defeat. Tulsa was ranked 14th and ahead of the Bulls in the conference standings. Even though USF entered undefeated in conference play, it was one win and two ties, and they were in fifth place. Top six teams make the American Athletic Conference tournament out of 10, and with six very strong teams that are either currently or near being ranked or have been ranked recently, namely SMU, FIU, Tulsa, Memphis, UCF, and Charlotte, to get into that group of six and make the conference tournament is actually an accomplishment, but you're going to have to knock off probably at least two of those teams, and they all happen to be lined up six in a row to end the Bulls' conference schedule. Sunday was the first of that line, and they certainly looked like they had a chance. Tulsa, a team that outshoots its opponents normally by about double, was without its top player for a third game, Alex Meinhardt, who has 24 goals in about two and a half seasons and is outstanding. However, without him in his previous game, Tulsa was still able to put up three goals and beat FAU. Loads of talent on their team. And Tulsa had the better of the play at the beginning, but then gradually as the first half went along, the Bulls started to take control of possession and had many good chances to score. In fact, three clean headers that they just could not get on goal. Shagunov Alabi had one basically on the doorstep that got well skied over the bar. So the Bulls had a 10-2 shot advantage at the half. And even though in a normal game that would be disappointing not to have a goal, it felt good at this time because Tulsa's such a strong team. Tulsa's won three in a row against the Bulls, and last year's scores were 5-2 and 4-0. They destroyed the Bulls. Now worth noting, in the 4-0 game, it was played in Tulsa. It was 0-0 at halftime. Once Tulsa got that first goal, they just started a roll. So you were concerned that the Golden Hurricane might do something similar, and it sure looked like at this point, even though the Bulls had the vast bulk of the chances, that early in the second half, Tulsa was getting on the board. Now Tulsa off to the left side, and that's a good ball in, far post, and sent in. Oh, it's cleared off the line! That was Kostanchik. What a header by, it looked like Sage had Wyman beat. It was going into the left side, and it was at the very last second, Cleared away. Awesome play by one of the many Bulls freshmen from Europe getting extensive playing time, Lovro Kostanchik. Now, in the previous game, mentioned the 2-2 tie against UAB. The go-ahead goal was a perfectly served-in ball by Marcus Victorio that Shion Soga headed in. 
This was looking like an identical play, but for that darn crossbar. He's going to switch the field with a dandy long ball. Cashin's out there to challenge Victorio, but Victorio gets to it first. He's got Hagen offering, but Victorio keeps it. Now Curl Chut Rosano heads it off the crossbar. He put it on frame, and it dinged off the crossbar. And again, a pass by Victorio. Still on for the Bulls here, Mazzaferro. Last week, it was his setup. Rosano with a good low ball, but right at Lopez. What a great surge by the Bulls. Their goalkeeper, Alex Lopez, as a freshman last year, was the conference goalie of the year, but he barely moved on that. This time, he was, as he liked to do throughout the course of the game, sort of being casual with the ball at the top of the box. And again, it almost led to a Bulls goal. And I want to be fair to Lopez. Did he move? Yeah, he put his hands up. Now it's Rosano, a steal. Goalie is out, and oh, not getting anything on it was Victorio. Lopez, we told you, has very casually dribbled the ball up to the top of the box, and he lost it. Rosano knew he had an open net, but Lopez got in the way. And then Victorio had the goal open and tried to chip it and just didn't get enough on it. A couple things. You heard a whistle in the background. There were some whistles in the second half as Tulsa, which, you know, is used to winning, only lost one time all last year and tends to get a little bit frustrated and starts to ask for calls because, it, you know, they're Tulsa. In the first half alone, they had an absolute flop in the penalty box. Not that other soccer teams don't flop, but you could just tell they were willing to buy a call if they could get it. Well, they didn't need a call for their first goal. Calls would come into play later, trust me. But it was just one of those things where you just heard it. The Bulls had so many good chances, great chances to score and couldn't convert. And with talent on the other side, even though the Bulls were dominating, you were worried that Tulsa would get one, and that's what happened. And now Tulsa wins the ball out of a scrum, and uh-oh, Henry Scott right onto his path. Mazzaferro's got to get to him first, and Henry Scott has a shot and a goal. Malik Henry Scott with a nifty touch around Sal Mazzaferro and Tulsa leads with 22-20 left to go. They are out shooting Tulsa 21 to six, but losing the game one to nothing. But you could see it, you could see it possibly developing that way. No doubt about it, unfortunately. Bulls getting some quality chances, but not bearing them. I hated the Henry Scott celebration. He was doing like the acting like the Bulls are crying. Tulsa's been doing a lot of crying tonight as far as crying for calls, so I guess that's just his thing. Don't know if you could sense a tinge of frustration from the play-by-play man there. Not just because, you know, they were outplaying Tulsa and all of a sudden found themselves down one nothing, but also because scoring goals was an issue early in the season. Similar situations where they would have plenty of chances and couldn't convert. And now, crunch time. I mean, it's okay in the beginning of the season when you can afford maybe to lose some non-conference games, but you can't afford too many more outplaying the opponent but getting beat once you get into conference play or your season's going to end before the conference tournament. However, yes, they definitely got, in my mind, a favorable call, but you just heard me say that one of their guys was mocking the Bulls for crying. Between the penalty call and the actual penalty kick take, was two and a half minutes, so we trimmed some of that out here, but the Bulls get back in it on this sequence. 17 and a half minutes left in the game. one nothing Tulsa. Spengler flicks it to Prevatera. Tulsa now sending numbers back on defense. Barkley on the left side, and tried to bang it off a Tulsa player, but it stays in bounds. Spengler shields off a defender, sends in a ball, a chance here, and off a lobby, and they call a penalty. Wow! That's a shocking call, I gotta admit. 
Think about a pass in football where it's an uncatchable pass. Afalabi can get up, but I don't think there was any way he was getting up to get that header. Lopez moving back and forth, waving his arms. Perez is waiting for him to stop and waiting to get the whistle here and try and tie this thing up. There's the whistle. Perez stands over to the ball, and they give the keeper a yellow card. And he's saying, like, what? What do you mean, what? So, but it does take more time off the clock. Or not off the clock, but more time for Perez to think here. And about eight minutes after the foul call, here comes the penalty kick attempt. Perez to his left side. Bangs it in! And he picks it out of the net, and we are tied. Perez went right. And his first career goal with the Bulls anyway has us even. So in a vacuum, I look back at it. I would still contend that the Bulls got lucky with that call. At the same time, they deserved it. And at the same time, Tulsa, for all of its shenanigans, getting out play, but their goalkeeper in and around what he got the card for, went out and stood on the penalty spot. I mean, play soccer at some point. Don't just try and shenanigan your way to a victory. The soccer gods were in favor of the Bulls, and maybe the official was being channeled by the soccer gods. But oh man, after that one, did Tulsa want to get a makeup call? Flinging up their hands anytime they kicked the ball into a bull, thinking that it was touched by a hand, and the frustration started to mount in the form of yellow cards. By the way, there were two given on the penalty kick sequence and another given to their veteran head coach here. Curled in and coming unmarked up from defense is Cashin. Mazzaferro's got to jump out on him. Cashin with a good delivery. Henry Scott goes up to head it. And of course, every Tulsa player wants the nudge and a handball. And now Perez gets fouled and McIntosh is about to get a card for doing the whole throwing the fake fist in the air. And this game is beyond intense right now. And if you're wondering, incidentally, not every call favored the Bulls, as this could have been a goal because it was played by a Tulsa defender, should have waved off the offside. And now Tulsa tries to clear it away, but getting in there with a wonderful slide tackle is Maruyama, who's been just outstanding. Not going to have any goal-scoring stats, but... Control is awesome. Privatero. Oh, slotted pass, and it's on, possibly for. They call him offside. He scores, but it's waved off for offsides. That was off a lobby. And I don't know if I agree with that call. And and while the Bulls are complaining, Tulsa's got the ball. They got to get back. Forget the call. You've just gotten a penalty kick given to you. Don't worry about an offside that you don't agree with. Get back on defense. And they do. So Afalabi had, as we told you earlier, a clean header of free ball that he skied over the net. He thought he had the go-ahead goal there. He would not mess up his next chance. Tulsa's defending has been solid, and they've had to do a lot of it. Been outshot now 24-6. to That's why you would hate to see the Bulls give up a late one here. Ball sent back by Scargle to Jackson Wyman. He's got pressure, so he gets rid of it nicely, almost all the way up to midfield from right in front of his own goal. Perez loses the ball, but Soga gets it, and it's knocked ahead. Goalkeeper is out. Here's Afalabi with a chance for the lead. In. Goal! Chion Soga with a magical pass, and Shagun Afalabi with all the composure in the world. 
and the Bulls take the lead. Two to one. Just a nifty, nifty job, and he went for power and had some power. What a goal by Afalabi, but what a pass by Soga to get it to him. Shagoon in his third season, that's his fourth career goal. He entered tonight having just played around 20 minutes per match in five matches. But man, did he destroy that ball. Incidentally, Tulsa in its previous four matches had not given up a goal, so two in a span of less than 10 minutes was quite something. And speaking of 10 minutes, that's how much time was left. You knew it was going to be sweating it out, especially again since in their last game, they had a 2-1 lead and couldn't hang on. In that case, a free kick given with 45 seconds left, sort of started the sequence. Similar situation here, the final minute plus, and again, volume alert on the excitable play-by-play -play guy. Tulsa's worried about the clock, but they got to take the free kick, 45 seconds and counting. Fazio, along with Protzik, and yeah, Tulsa says hurry, so this is going to be their last chance. Here's the kick, and it's knocked off the crossbar, still in play for Tulsa, headed backwards and knocked out with 30 seconds to go. It hit the crossbar, but it was saved first by Wyman. Bulls just need to boot the ball out. Chance, and blocked away! It's going to be maybe saved by Mariama. No, it's a corner with 20 seconds left and counting. Off the crossbar, another save by Moriyama. 14 seconds. Bulls just gave up a goal in the last game with five seconds to go. Headed out. And Lopez comes up from goal. He's blocked. And booted away. And the Bulls are going to win. The net is empty. And what a win. After giving up a goal with five seconds to go in their last game, it sure looked like the same thing was happening there. And they hold on. The Tulsa Golden Hurricane got a free kick and wasted a good at least 30 seconds trying to get the ref to stop the clock. Well, guess what? If you've got the ball placed for a free kick, you can't also ask for a timeout. You've got to work it. You've got to take the free kick. They can, and I'm sure they will, point to calls that didn't go their way. But when you get outshot 26 to eight, you don't deserve a tie. You're lucky if you get a tie. And Tulsa was unlucky, deservedly so. Wow, what a win, what a game. Bulls 2-0-2 in conference, and yes, that didn't secure them anything because they gotta play FIU on Sunday night. They step out of league to play Stetson Wednesday before that. And if they fall to FIU, which is another top 25 team, it doesn't destroy what just happened against Tulsa. It just makes the road difficult. It's difficult no matter what. It's difficult for everybody in the American Conference because, as I've been saying now for weeks, it is a power conference this year with the additions of FIU and Charlotte. But being able to pull off a win like the Bulls did on Sunday makes you think that not only can they end up in that top six making the conference tournament, but who knows, maybe going beyond that. Very encouraging. And also worth noting that for the fourth match in a row, the Bulls scored exactly two goals after they had scored zero goals in their first four matches. They have turned that completely around. We'll add the Bob Butehorn postgame comments along with Shagun Afalabi and Alfred Perez later on on this Tuesday. I wanted to get this on the Unlimited Unloaded page for your enjoyment. Thanks for dropping by. I'm Derek Sharp.